Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. All right, welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Um, my name is Jeremy Evans, co-host with Mike Adams. Hey, hey. Mike. Hi. And uh, co-co-host. You're becoming a co-host in a sense because this is your third time. Yep. Jeff Wright, Dr. Jeff Wright, being uh, joining us today uh, for another podcast. Of course, Jeff, we bring on you, bring you on the podcast um, as a mold expert who has helped. I don't know, probably in the thousands of people who dealt with mold illness. Am I am I exaggerating? No. Thousands. 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 Yeah. Um, and we formed a relationship with Jeff many years ago on the remediation side, and together we were able to help a lot of people get better. As he got, you know, as you famously say, you got to get out of the mold, and then you got to get it out of you. Jeff got it out of them, yep. And then we tried to get them out of the mold, yep. So it was a good partnership, and uh, we've seen a lot of people get healthy. And uh, even before the podcast, we were sharing, er, talking about some people that that got healthy and and sharing some stories that way so always a great thing great pleasure to have you jeff you are a wealth of information on the health side yes he is it's a great pleasure to be here yeah so we uh we're always brainstorming mold you know mold is known as a multi-symptomatic and a multi uh systemic is that the right word yes it affects multiple systems yes and so you know we've talked before about the range of symptoms that that can manifest in a person when there's mold illness, but there are some that are, are more common, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or that, that we see a lot more frequently. And so today we thought it would be good to talk about one of the most common symptoms, uh, that we see, uh, with mold illness and that is fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, and maybe we, we want to hear mostly from you and less from Mike and me, but, um, I've even seen, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome, for example. Mm-hmm. I've seen that, you know, person bounce around trying to figure out their fatigue for years, only to realize the whole time it was their house. Uh-huh. They, they got on vitamins, they got on every protocol you could think <clears throat> of, but turned out you just needed your home remedied. Well, so, anyways, you know, I, I went through kind of that same um, situation with my mom. I've talked about my mom's health on this before, but. Same type of deal. She, she, when she was going through her illness, she woke up absolutely exhausted. Yeah. In the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not that uncommon. So, could you, Jeff, could you kind of launch into the fatigue aspect of mold? Help us understand why that's common, and maybe your insight on that. Well, uh, fatigue is a pretty generic term, um, and. You know, at some point in your life, you're going to have fatigue. Uh, back in the day when I was uh, a couple of years younger and hadn't had quite as many birthdays, I'd do all-nighters, and uh, I would not wake up the next morning pretty tired. Yeah. And that's not the kind of time fatigue we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you stayed up uh, really late doing all-nighters and you've not been sleeping a lot for the fir- you know for a while you know why you're not tired. I mean, you know why you're tired. You know why you have fatigue. It's because yeah. you've been not sleeping. You need to you know, adjust your lifestyle so that you can get more sleep. Um, yeah. 
but this is the, this is a different kind of fatigue. This is the kind of fatigue that is um, bone crushing fatigue. I've had some people describe mm -hmm. it as. They wake up and they're tired. They eat, they're tired. They go to bed, they're tired. They don't sleep, they're tired. They try to exercise and they're more tired. And there's just this low, this this level of a <coughs> of exhaustion where their body just does not have enough energy. And you know, there's a lot of other factors that I'm not going to talk about here, but just for your listeners so that they can get a little bit of quick medical tips. Um, there's basically four ways you make energy. Um, but all of them come down to the one most important nutrient that we all take in every day. That's oxygen. How do you know? Stop breathing for a couple of minutes and you'll know that you need oxygen pretty badly. Um, and so, you know, if you can't breathe, you can't get oxygen in, or if your heart is not pumping very well, or if your blood is not carrying that oxygen very well, um, you're going to be more tired because there's a delivery problem. But where mold hits isn't so much in the delivery problem, although it can affect the heart and make it less effective. Okay. There are people that actually get heart arrhythmias, heart palpitations, a lot of other heart problems from mold exposure, chronic mold exposure, not acute usually. And certainly one of the most common symptoms of mold exposure is going to be respiratory, either sinuses, nose, or lungs. You're going to feel it in your lungs or, gonna, or your upper respiratory tract. So certainly it can affect those, but more deeply, th those aren't really the primary cause of the fatigue. That's just something that needs to be kind of checked off as you're looking. The real reason is, is mold biotoxins are toxic to the cell. And the cell's the, the basic structure of life for all humans. Well, basically everything living has a cell. So if the cell doesn't work, then something isn't going to happen someplace. Everything that happens in our bodies happens in some sort of cell. Um, the heart has a heart cell and the intestinal tract has intestinal tract cells. But Inside the cell is a thing called the mitochondria, and I remember from junior high anatomy or junior junior high uh, life science was the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yes. Yes. And so I let's just just call it that. Um, it is the powerhouse of the cell. <clears throat> More specifically, you know, if you go to a coal powerhouse, you throw in coal and it burns and creates heat, and then you have some sort of thing that spins that catches that heat and harvests it. If you go to a hydroelectric plant, you know, a dam, um, water passes through a turbine, it goes really fast and causes that thing to spin, causing electricity. Same thing as a windmill, it causes something to spin and creates electricity. Well, our bodies will, when you breathe, all that oxygen goes right to the mitochondria, the mitochondria splits it in half, the oxygen, and then you have this free radical that's highly energized, and then it siphons off all the energy, turning it into chemical energy instead of oxygen energy. And then that's what makes us go. So there's a little bit of biochemistry mm -hmm. for everybody. Anyone yeah. call it biochemistry up front, that's good. Keep off. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Tell so us afterwards. No, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so the biochemistry and the physiology of the way the cell works is you get oxygen, you break it, you siphon it off and use it. And the waste is carbon dioxide and water, both of which the body can use in other places. So the problem is, is if you poison the system or you poison the machinery that takes oxygen and uses it, then all that machinery goes slower. And as it goes slower, you have less energy, which means everything you think you can do is going to be slower. Now, we talked earlier today about another common symptom, which is brain fog. Mm -hmm. or you can't think, you can't formulate sentences, mm -hmm. and this is another common symptom. Well, that is fatigue of the brain. 
meaning the brain doesn't have enough energy to properly function. And so you, they just can't think, they can't process. The brain just seems, I like to think that, when this happens to me, I like to think that I got hit with a stupid stick. <laughs> and I can't think and process, so, you know. So, Dr. Wright, am I oversimplifying this to say that <coughs> the, the mycotoxins almost, in a way, replace the oxygen coming to your cells? So they poison okay. the All system right. that okay. would use the oxygen. All right. Mm. That makes sense. And that's the same, the basic process, bio biochemistry process you just described is the same thing that happens with brain fog, just, mm -hmm. just, just happening a different course. Just happening. Right. There's a lot of other key factors that are going on here, but the, the one factor that is very common in the people I've worked with is they have mold and don't know it. Um, and why we live in Utah. So, you know, we're doing this podcast and this video in Utah. And all our listeners are someplace else in the world. They might be in a hot, humid place. They might be in a moist, humid place. Um, they might be in the tropics. Or they might be listening to the tropics. And they're like, well, of course there's mold everywhere, because that's the way it is. But here in Utah, we have a dry climate. And so everybody presumes, stupidly or ignorantly, they presume that, gee whiz, maybe we just don't have mold here. But they do. We have a lot of mold here, because our, our homes are built to tight. We want to have good uh, circulation inside and we don't want the house to breathe too much because we want to have them efficient. Well, the problem with efficiency is that it doesn't breathe very well and then when the mold does get a uh, handle on things, it doesn't have any competition, then it grows. So the, the, brain, or the brain fog and the fatigue, you know, we've talked about allergenic versus kind of a toxic response. Is that more of a toxic response then? It's more of a toxic response. The mycotoxins are, are, are basically poisoning the system, mm -hmm. and so it doesn't process the oxygen very well. Because um, I even, I mean, I've said this before too, I've gone into so many moldy houses that I start, I come out sometimes feeling a little, little sluggish. A little, my brain feels a little. Yeah, you and I have had that same experience. We've often. had it in the same yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, I come out and I, and it's hard to explain sometimes. It is hard you to just explain. Don't feel quite right. And I appreciated yeah. your your kind of defining fatigue at the beginning because it does fundamentally feel a little different than mm -hmm. when I didn't get enough sleep last yeah. night. It's like the whole system just is. Ugh. Well, and think of it as everything is slower. So if we talked about brain fog. Brain fog is just kind of like where you have a foggy brain, your brain just feels thick, you can't put, and that might be that um, you can't put your word in your mouth, you mm -hmm. can't get the word out, and, and you can think of it, but you just can't quite say it. It could be that you can't do math. Now, some of us can't do math anyway. Uh, yeah. We weren't born with math <laughs> brains. Uh, math is a foreign language to me. Um, so it might be that you, but you normally might be able to do your two times two is equal to four, but you like to. I know that I know two times two, it seems easy, but I just can't figure out how to do that. Yeah. Or it might be something like, uh, you can't remember somebody's name, mm -hmm. and which would be usual if it was somebody you just met, but it would be very unusual if it was your spouse or your yeah. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kids is a different issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, the names you should know, you might not be able to get out, you might not be able to remember. So that's, that's where the brain fog is. If it hits your lungs, you might find that as you're exercising, you're not getting the normal, you're getting tired more easily. Yeah. Or you're not being able to, I've seen uh, race people who bike a lot and they say, normally I can do a 10 mile and then I start to get tired and I'm at three miles and I'm getting tired. And then, yeah. Or now I, I couldn't even do half a mile and I'm tired. 
uh, or somebody who runs a lot and they don't their, their distances and their stamina just goes down. Or if it hits their heart, that that they'll feel their stamina hit, or they'll start feeling um, aches and pains in their heart, and they go to the cardiologist and says, "No, your heart's doing great." Mm-hmm. Well, they asked the wrong question. They weren't weren't asking, "Are you having a heart attack or heart failure?" There is there a functional change that might be going on in the heart. If it hits your intestinal tract, you could have what I like to refer to as intestinal adventures. Now that could be diarrhea, that could be constipation, it could be just poor digestion where you just feel like you eat food and it sits there um, and just doesn't digest. It could be that you lose your appetite, it could be that you start um, food that you used to like just doesn't sit well and doesn't digest well. Uh, if it hits the kidneys, you might start peeing a lot. Oh really? Yeah, I've heard that symptom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's kind of a diabetes symptom too, right? What's well, diabetes insipidus, not necessarily diabetes mellitus, which diabetes insipidus is frequent urination because of a pituitary problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, diabetes uh, mellitus is sugar diabetes where you get too much sugar and then your body starts urinating now. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a diabetes insipidus problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it basically, your body can't concentrate the urine anymore, mm-hmm. and so you start peeing, and you you know drink this much water, which is what 12 ounces, 16 ounces, okay. and you pee 12 to 20 ounces, and it's like you drink a little and pee a lot, and it just doesn't seem proportionally mm-hmm. yeah. correct for how much you do. If you get it in the musculoskeletal system, sure you might not be able to lift as much. Maybe you can't carry in the groceries like you used to be able to, but it also could very well be that you physically can't. Um, you have no stamina to walk. I had a patient who was toxic and mold who physically was in a wheelchair. Um, and she was in the wheelchair because she had little to no energy, and that was the only way she could get around. Wow. Um, so that's like the extreme of the fatigue spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you can't even walk. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, oh, go ahead. I'm like saying that one, wasn't, aren't those classically kind of, um, diagnosed as maybe like multiple sclerosis or what? They are. The, f- the problem is with diagnosis, it, any kind of diagnostic criteria has diagnostic criteria. So yeah. multiple sclerosis has, well, you have um, all the signs and symptoms, which mean, usually means one side is different than the other, mm-hmm. meaning you're losing nerve function on one side or the other. Uh, but also there's, there's often changes in, uh, on MRI. And so there's other things, blood tests as well, that you can say. Mm-hmm. But what often happens is people who have this fatigue or have one of these other issues, they go to their doctor, and the doctor is an expert in neurology, so they go to the neurologist, and they know all the diseases, and they know how to fix, you know, they know how to treat all these diseases, but they run the tests, and they say, well, you don't have any of these diseases, so uh, I I don't know. The good ones will say, I don't know, Uh, let's send you to another specialist. The ones that are less confident in their thing will say, well, since I know everything, you must, it must be all in your head. They don't say it quite like that, but that usually is, if, you, if your doctor says that, um, it's all in your head, or might be in your head, but not in the way they're saying it, and so it's just <laughs> them politely saying, I can't help you. Yeah, it's the toxins um, in the head, not the... They're still an expert, but there's key things that they don't understand that are not part of their expertise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've been, been in homes, yeah, I, I've been in homes, um, and I've kind of decided it must be one particular type of mold that does this, but... After spending just a few minutes in a home doing an inspection, I have a hard time getting enough air to complete a sentence. And mm. <clears throat> I see it maybe one out of every 12 or 15 inspections, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that it is um, cladosporium that, that does that to me. 
Oh, um, because those are that's usually what comes back on the test, but yeah. it's noticeable. I mean, it's just like that's not me. I should be able to complete a sentence without having to take. Oh, you're out of oxygen. I'm just I mean, out of breath. That yeah. could be a similar deal, right? Yeah, it's like I climbed stairs, but I didn't. I'm just standing there talking to him, and uh, I can't. So and, and in that context, that's fatigue, but it, it could be, A, the immune system responding to the mold saying, that's an enemy, let's fight that. Mm -hmm. Or it could be, B, the biologic toxin from that that's creating inflammation or creating an insult to your lungs, like mm -hmm. a, a toxic or poisonous effect on your lungs. Now, yeah. the beauty of our bodies is we have an immune system that's designed to be able to deal with enemies, foreign and domestic, yeah. all of them, um, including mold, including biotoxins. But some people's immune systems have the genetics where they're much weaker and can't deal with that. Yeah. And they need a lot more medical help. And they, those people tend to get a lot sicker mm -hmm. um, than people who don't have the gene so when you, you know, when you see, if someone comes in to see you, for example, and they say, you know, basically I think I have chronic fatigue or I'm, I'm chronically tired all the time, do you automatically suspect mold? Or what? how do you kind of determine if it's a mold issue or? Well, it's on my list. It's on it's your list. And it's higher on my list the older I get and the more people I work with. Mm -hmm. Because as a doctor, my job is to figure out what's going on with the person. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I can't do that, it's my job to help them find somebody who can. Mm -hmm. So um, if somebody walks in with chronic fatigue, I have a, a laundry list of stuff that I look for. for so at the very beginning, I said, you know, fatigue, you have to be able to breathe because oxygen is the single most important thing we take in every day. And we have whole systems designed around it. So if you can't breathe, there's a lung function problem, and that could be affecting it. Now, mm -hmm. usually people who have chronic fatigue, that's not their problem. Yeah. But that's, I have to look at that at least just yeah. to make sure. Check that box off. That's not it. Um, then I need to run blood work just to make sure that there's no anemias going on. Anemia means can't carry oxygen. Now, there's iron deficiency and a bunch of other kinds of anemias, but anemia means you can't carry oxygen, which means you can breathe fine, but you can't carry it someplace to use it. Mm -hmm. They need to have normal heart function. Um, but usually by the time I see them, those things have already been ruled out. Checked all those boxes off. Those yeah, the all the major organs. And so then when, I'm starting, when I started looking at a, uh, the chronic fatigue, I started looking at some sort of poisoning. And the single most common poisoning that I see is biotoxins from mold. Mm. Because remember, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. So if somebody is chronically fatigued, that's where their problem is. It's not in a tissue like muscles or heart. It's in the mitochondria, which is a systemic thing. Mm -hmm. And so then it's a matter of, well, you know, I, I like to say um, it's really hard to dry off if you don't get out of the pool first. Mm -hmm. And so you got to get out of the pool. And this is non-negotiable. If somebody wants to live in a moldy home, I, I can help them this much. You know, yeah. I can help them an inch or two. But it's, I'm never going to be able to really help them until they physically get out of the, the home. Environment. Yeah. So did you, I mean, so you have treated you know and maybe in partnership with us you have seen your patients through healing from chronic fatigue yes. is that yes is that are you, do you feel pretty confident in, yep. in getting them right especially if it's mold right i met one family and mom was in a wheelchair and she wasn't the first person i met i met one of her kids because he was having some issues and mold was the problem she was her fatigue started about four weeks after their massive flood that they cleaned up yeah. right but yeah. upon my questioning, it was, there were lots of things that they didn't do to clean it up right. Yeah. Um, and now when I see her, 
sporadically because she's doing great. She walks in, she has plenty of energy. Yeah. And she, uh, like everybody else, has issues, but it's not a wheelchair anymore. She drives herself in, gets out of the car, comes in the clinic, and yeah, and yeah. So yes, I have seen a number of people recover. So I, I just actually remember this. Do you remember? Uh, oh, this is a few years ago. So I had a, I was I was living in a place with with a, a friend a few years back, and uh, do you remember I called you on the phone? I do. Yeah. 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 And we kind of w- talked through. I didn't know much about you know, these chronic illnesses and, and that mold was such a big player. Mm-hmm. So Mike and I, and, and this friend of mine, we talked on the phone and, and Mike did tell me, he's like, I'm convinced it's mold. So not, not that I knew anything about the medical side of it. Other yeah. than I've just seen it so many times. Yeah. You know, yeah. It just seemed to check all the boxes. He was sleeping 20 hours a day and he was still tired. I, ne- I rarely saw him. I mean, I'd come home. I wasn't home very often myself, but I maybe saw him, I don't know, once every couple weeks, and he'd come down and eat, and then he's like, I'm tired, and <laughs> go back to bed. Um, so we, we ended up fogging it, and then he had another mold issue, uh, leak, I can't remember. He cut open the ceiling. Anyways, we had to fog it again. But when I was living with him, and to this day I just asked him, he couldn't work full, he had to quit his job, basically work nothing um but yeah in just two or three years he's working full-time he told me he's like i can work about a full-time schedule now like he started with five hours a week then 10 hours a week when i was with him he he got up to like 20 hours a week Mm -hmm. and now he's up to pretty normal life Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing but i'm i mean i'm confident it was the mold because that's pretty much the only thing. Yeah, that was a, a condo, wasn't it? Was that a condo? No, it was a house. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was a house. Yeah. But so from the from the from the healing side of things, once you've identified it's kind of mold and chronic fatigue, from do you do anything different? You know, as far as your protocols, when you know it's chronic fatigue or fatigue from mold. Well, chronic fatigue is a fancy way of saying you have no idea why you're tired, but you're tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually chronic fatigue isn't diagnosed until they've run all the normal fatigue tests. Yeah. Like this is not your thyroid, uh, your heart's fine, your lungs are fine, you're not anemic, and we can't, you don't have any viruses or bacteria or anything. You don't have any infections that we can find, so therefore you yeah. have chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. A syndrome is just a garbage diagnosis, meaning we don't know what it is yet. Um, we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and all the syndromes are like that. So um, what I find is there's always a toxicity piece. Yeah, and so you, again, yeah. So you're 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 not treating. Oh, this is this is fatigue. I'm gonna kind of cater towards the toxicity fatigue. No, fatigue is a symptom. Like if you walk in the emergency room and you're having chest pain, that's a symptom. They don't they don't automatically put you on the table and cut you open to you know right. do a rotor rotor to clean out your arteries. Um, or and they don't do an angiogram to figure out if you're having a heart attack or not. They first run blood tests to see if this is a heart attack or if it's anxiety or if this is um, inflammation of the, the uh, chest bone mm-hmm. or if this is, um, you know, indigestion can cause those severe symptoms or mm-hmm. you can actually get a spasm in your throat that can cause heart attack-like symptoms. Okay. So the heart attack, the, the chest pain is the symptom. Fatigue is the symptom. Um, and so you ha- really have to say, why is this person fatigued? You have to n- figure yeah. out what it is that's causing it. Okay. Because chronic fatigue, even though it is a d- technical diagnosis now, it isn't. It, a diagnosis tells you what's going on. Yeah. So you're not. I mean, and that's the problem. You're not going to treat 
you're not going to treat systematically or symptomatically necessarily. Once you realize it's a toxic issue, you're going to treat the toxic problem. Yeah. And 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 that typically looks like binders and and, and that usually things, right? looks like binders and there's there's a lot of cleansing that's going on. You know, if it's a, if it's chronic fatigue because somebody's thyroid is out of balance, then I want to get them on thyroid. If it's because their heart is out of balance, you know, they're in congestive heart failure, then I want to help them to rebuild their and strengthen their heart. Um, but if it's a toxin problem, then the first step is, A, get out of it so that you're not being exposed anymore. Again, you have to get out of the pool before you can dry off. Um, and then B is, is um, detoxify from the, the toxin. The, um, the body's immune system will get rid of biotoxins from mold. It just has two primary methods. The first one is the immune system, and if the immune system isn't working properly because of genetics or whatever, the second one is the liver, the liver will dump it into the bowel. The binders just help that to exit so that it doesn't get yeah. recycled. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, if there's a mitochondrial issue because the toxins have poisoned certain pathways, nutritionally speaking, you can rebuild those pathways. You can uh, give the body what it needs and the body will fix it. Yeah. Um, once you remove the poison, you can, the body will fix it. No, I often think about, um, you know, oftentimes as Jeremy, Jeremy mentioned, we can go into a house and just spend a few minutes until we feel like garbage after being in that home. You think about people who are living there and sleeping and, and all the time. All the time. It's just it's horrendous what it can do to their health. Yep. Yeah, especially during these uh, these COVID times where people working from home. Yeah. I feel like I've yeah. seen a spike in problems because they're in it all the time, yeah. almost twenty four seven in some cases. Well, now the parents are starting to see why their kids were having problems because now the parents are living there twenty four seven trying to work from home. Yeah. yeah. And they're wondering why. Well, this kid just has ADD. Well, they might. Yeah. But that ADD might have been caused because of a mold exposure in their bedroom. Or they're flunking out of school. Well, now you're helping them with schoolwork because you're home all the time. But yeah. wait, they, you really know how to do this. Why are you flunking out? Oh, it's because your brain is sluggish because you're living in the room that has mold from yeah. you know, the, the damage. Yeah. Is there anything else, Dr. Wright, um, that would be worthwhile to mention in regards to fatigue and, and the mold and toxic issue. I don't want to inter interrupt your train of thought, but I oftentimes drink energy drinks, and I know I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Tell me your thoughts on energy drinks if you're chronically fatigued. Uh, well, you were asking, is there anything else? Yeah. People, um, people who are already doing the simple, they're usually already doing the simple explanation of drinking energy yeah. drinks. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so... You don't need the, the, the you don't need a band-aid. You already have the band-aid. You've yeah. already mastered the band-aid. You know exactly what it's going to do. The only reason why I have a problem with energy drinks is it usually causes you to get more energy and and you're not addressing the primary problem. Yeah. And so you're you're you end up burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. And so I don't mind splurging and shoot. I occasionally splurge on an energy drink. Or if it's a life-threatening situation like I'm on a road trip and I'd like to not die because I fell asleep, right. that that's a great reason to use an energy drink. The concern is there's something else missing, um, and it's it's sometimes it's lifestyle. You know, it's like you know you're working 23 hours a day. You need to take a little bit of time off. Yeah. You can't sleep for an hour a day. That's not enough. But usually there's something else going on. Usually there's a lot of other factors, and um, you know there's a hormone component. Um, there's thyroid hormones which set the baseline of how much energy, how fast the mitochondria can work. So the thyroid's something to look at. For us guys, testosterone. For girls, they need a little bit of testosterone and a lot more estrogen and progesterone. We guys need a little bit of estrogen and progesterone and a lot more testosterone. It's a difference in men and women, but that's a, that plays a role. 
Um, so the biggest concern that I have with energy energy drinks is is they mask something else that's going on. So if you if you basically get to the root, you know, you mentioned all these areas that can be affected, thyroid, you know, the mitochondria, whatever. So if you can really get to the, the root issue of your fatigue, you shouldn't feel the need probably to take energy drinks. Is that true? Because yeah. I've heard you say before, like, you shouldn't be dragging all day long, you know. At, you know we get into toxicity. Even when you're I, 70 I don't years old. I spend much time right? on this, but there's other factors here that are ubiquitous, and basically if you're uh, breathing air, it's a potential problem. So that basically uh, covers every human on the planet. Um, our world, and I'm not, uh, I, I'm not a pot smoking hippie. I'm not um, like an environmentalist. Um, I think freedoms are far more important than the freedoms we remove because of environmentalism. Um, and so that being said, our world has a lot more stuff in it now, just by nature, than it did 100 years ago. Um, and 200 and pollutants, years. is that what you're referring pollutants. to? So, you know, there's persistent organic pollutants, things like dioxin, PCBs, um, and things like that. Those have an effect on energy production. Um, there's heavy metals. If you have ever had a silver filling in your mouth, you have mercury from the silver filling mm -hmm. because mercury mountain fillings are more than 50% mercury by weight. Um, if you, so that's, a com and I had a bunch of those as a kid. So I know, I, and I tested, I know I have mercury in my system. If you, um, if, if you lived in a home that had lead paint, mm -hmm. there's a high probability you have lead from them. But, that, but maybe you didn't live in a home with lead paint. That's really cool. But um, if, you're, if you were breathing before 1987, you have lead because oh. it used to be in a thing called leaded gasoline. Now we have unleaded gasoline. Yeah. Okay. But leaded gasoline was putting lead out the tailpipe. So if you were breathing before 1987 when they took it out, you have lead. But cool, let's say you were born after that. You're safe, right? Yeah. No, your great-grandmother could have given it to you because lead can cross the placenta up to four generations. Really? And have Interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the key here is is understanding that our world has a lot of other factors. Yeah. Mold is the biggest one that I see because it's ignored. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, people just don't know about them. But when you look at all of those things and you start yeah. looking at, well, where are my issues? Well, mold is easy. I mean, it really is. You leave naked, never go back, you'll be fine, right? Well, leaving naked is not really high on the priority list for most people. But if you can get pure maintenance to come in, or one of the, uh, you know, one of the licensees, mold busters or whoever, they come in and fog, and you get your house cleaned up. Now you have a clean living environment, hopefully. Now you can have a place where you can heal. You've gotten out of the pool. You can now dry off. And if you get 100% better, that means 100% of your problem was from mold. But if you get 50% better, that's still a bonus. That's wonderful. So now let's look for the other thousand things that could be affecting you. And history tells you a lot about where things can come from, where you've lived. You can look at the environment. And then if you know, gosh, um, I, c I can avoid that. I don't need to put that in my system anymore. You know, I used to get really tired in the afternoon. Turns out I had an environmental problem called I was eating sandwiches for lunch, and those would knock my blood sugar down, make me really mm. sleepy in the afternoon. The fatigue. So you're, you're allergic to sandwiches, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. They just don't love me. No, it actually, I couldn't digest them. It was okay. a digestion problem. Yeah. Uh, so 
in, eff in essence, you, you look at all the different things and do the, as much of this as you can yourself because the more you figure it out, you know, gosh, this is causing me a problem or gosh, I went to Hawaii and I felt lots better and I came home and I felt lots worse. Well, hmm, maybe there's something in your house that's yeah. causing you a problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love to say everybody should move to Hawaii, but Hawaiians can't handle everybody moving there. <laughs> you know, I, I, I talk about the story of my mom a lot, probably too much, but when I got home from my church mission, she was in a wheelchair. When yeah. I left, she was a completely healthy, vibrant woman. Yeah. Uh, for about three or four years um, after she had been in a wheelchair, my dad received an assignment uh, with his work to go to Okinawa, Japan. They went to Okinawa, and all of a sudden we start getting these videos of mom. She's not in a wheelchair anymore. She's up. She's fine. And it was simply, not, looking back at it now, it was she got out of that moldy home. Yeah. Exactly what it was. Because you said there were lots of floods and things in that home, oh, right? Yeah, constantly. And then she moves back home two or three years after the Okinawa assignment. Sure enough, she starts getting sick, sick again. again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think this has been a good a good amount of information for one podcast. You, just tra just chatting with you, I ha I think I think I have a couple more podcast that I think we should do. I know we talked before the show about, uh, let's do one about hormones. Mm -hmm. Let's address the hormone issue. I also, you know, repairing the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. Do you think that'd be a worthwhile topic? That it, we can touch that, but that's a lot more complicated because when you want to repair the mitochondria, you have to figure out which is the thing that's poisoning it. And so there's a lot of testing that goes into that. Otherwise, you're just throwing a lot of things that may or may not work. Yeah. yeah and I was, well, I was thinking specifically because you mentioned there's a lot of nutritional. Yes. I like, I think a nutritional kind of whatever your nutritional advice is for oh, that'd be great. repairing, because that's a big component to repairing the mitochondria, right? Mm -hmm. It is. I'd like to hear, because you know, everyone's read a million things about diet, and so I'd love to hear your thoughts on diet. So We can do that another time. That'd be an, another pop. I've got a lot of opinions on diet. <laughs> we'll add one more to the mix, so. Um, all right, well, I think that's good, unless you yeah, have anything no, else, Mike, or, or Thank Jeff you. on well, the yeah. yeah. yeah, let's do it again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.